0: Today I'm here with uh, Remco, Daniele and Oscar. Um, Daniele, can we start with you? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you're doing? Because you're the press officer at DJ Mac Italia.
1: Yes, I'm Daniele Spadaro. I'm an Italian journalist and PR. I work in the Music Institute full time from '96 and uh, for... Um, like, uh, for journalism, I'm a contributor of DJ Mac. Mm-hmm. I have my own digital magazine, and I'm a freelance. Yeah. And about uh, PR, and press office, uh, I work for a lot of festivals in Italy and mm-hmm. Europe. I'm consultant for Jukebox PR, and I was in Italy, press office of Decibel Open Air, Social Music City, and a lot of venues and DJs and blah, blah, blah.
0: Mm-hmm. And your your own uh, music platform of or dance um, news, it's called Spadaro News,
1: yes, right? Yes, I have my own website, yeah platform for my press offices. I have also my own digital magazine, that is danceland mm-hmm. where I share all the news related to the Italian market. And I'm also, last but not least, consultant for brands, uh, events, uh, not strictly related to electronic music. When they need in Italy someone that knows the media and the strategy, good luck for me, they call me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and how did you end up in the electronic music industry?
1: Ah, it's a very long history. In my first life, I was a sport journalist. Mm-hmm. I felt in love with our music, thanks to Frankie Knuckles. I say, wow, what is happening? The world is changing. And uh, I remember very well in 96, 97, I went to Street Parade and Energy in Zurich. Mm-hmm. I saw 20,000 people dancing in an indoor stage. Mm-hmm. I say, it's incredible, in the half of August, all these people dancing for electronic music. Something's going to happen, the music is changing, the world is changing, something new is coming. Don't let's forget that in '97 arrived at Daft Punk, Prodigy and Chemical Brothers. Yeah. And that was the new game we yeah. were to be part of. But to be honest, I never thought that we could arrive to this level in Amsterdam with yeah. all of these festivals in Ibiza, in Miami, in Tulum. Everywhere. Also in Italy, even if Italy is a little market, to be honest, for our uh, industry, but Italians are huge fans of electronic music and we are everywhere. In every festival, it's easy to find Italian fans.
0: Yeah? (laughs) How do we recognize Italian fans? Always. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> uh, now, because they have fun and uh, we move the ants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of when course. We move the ants, uh, it, <laughs> me, it means you are meeting an Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the reason why headphones were invented. So we put uh, the. Headphones oh, yeah, in the AI, we can move the <laughs> ants talking. <laughs> it's true.
2: <laughs> Thank
0: you so much, uh, Remco. My pleasure. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, tell Thank us you. a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm uh, Remco, I'm founder of uh, Moon Agency, Mm -hmm. which is a data-driven marketing agency, uh, specializing mostly in music. Mm. Uh, So we work for artists, labels, promoters all around the world. Um, My background is actually advertising. So I've been in um, one of those uh, advertising um, guys that work throughout the the whole world. I ended up in New York Mm -hmm. at one point.
0: And what kind of company?
2: Um, I worked for the bigger agencies when I started out as a youngster, like BBDO, Jonge Rubicum. And um, in the end of my career, I worked in New York for uh, an Australian ad agency, by Mm. the way. Uh, We worked for uh, a lot of companies, but mainly for Pepsi and PepsiCo brands. And at that time, this is about almost 10 years ago, a lot of these Dutch DJs became really popular in the US. Yeah. Um, you had... Um, I can't even remember that sensation why it came to New York when I was working there. So the whole town was buzzing. Uh, but, you know, people knew T.S.O. and Armin van Buuren, but then they knew yeah. Hartwell, Afrojack, Nicky Romero, all the other guys. And then I started working for Nicky Romero. Yeah, at it's protocol, level. right? Yeah. And then yeah. Um, after a few years, I got so many questions from other artists and also from my network saying, hey, you're the marketing guy. Pull that EDM trick for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Tell me how it how it works. Yeah. How, how, why they became these kids so big? Then um, I would explain this. It's, 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 a lot comes down to marketing. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I founded Moon Jelly, uh, also to help a lot of these youngsters who were aspiring to be either artists and still stuck in their bedrooms. And mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to give them, and still uh, with my team, give them uh, the opportunities to do your own marketing. Yeah. Because nowadays, you know, you can distribute your music, you yeah. know, you can find your own gigs. Uh, and when it comes down to becoming more popular, you can do everything about marketing yourself.
0: Mm, yes. can, you, can you give us a, a, a successful case?
2: Um, from one of the smaller... Well, yeah. it, it, at the end of the day, it's not just about the case, it's also about the mentality you have. Mm. And um, what I see, especially in some emerging markets, I think one of our clients is actually, I'm looking at Ricardo, one of my team uh, members, but one of our clients is actually from the Philippines. They are here and their dream was to be at ADE. Mm And and with all the knowledge we have, and it's not that, you know, success is not measured, we don't measure success in the amount of streams they have or the amount of uh, followers they have on social media, but more, you know, are they willing to invest in their own artist brands and are they making steps? And last year they said, you know, uh, we've listened to you, you know, uh, uh, we saw you at some seminars and conferences. You know, we're willing to take the step to build our brand and work hard. And our dream is to be at ADE. And here's to 2022, and they're at ADE. Cool. And, uh, you know, uh, they also were planning to have a gig here. You know, that's that's a bit uh, tricky still. But, yeah. I, you know, that that's something that, I, you know, that, that warms my heart. You know, we, yeah. we also work for bigger artists, bigger labels. You know, one of our biggest clients, uh, our scenery, James Ryan Machano. Uh, to be honest, it's 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 much easier ta- uh, task to to to, uh, yeah. uh, to think of concepts and and build that brand than it is for smaller artists.
0: Yeah, making a dream come true for a smaller artist is a different kind of reward, I think.
2: Yeah, so we sh- we share all our knowledge. Yeah. So we have a, a library with you know everything we know. You can find in a library, and there's still a lot of kids uh, uh, making use of it. And yeah. it's it's not a secret. No. Uh, it comes down to execution.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Oscar, head of business strategy. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you do exactly in, that, uh, in, that, in your current position.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> so, head of business strategy at TicketSwap. Um, I'm responsible basically for looking at new opportunities, so looking at new business propositions, new vertical markets, new product propositions. Um, also responsible for brand partnerships. Uh, Which is new for this year. So, we we tested out some brand partnerships throughout the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, How did it go? Yeah, the summer was really, really busy. Also, because um, we saw a lot of traction on the platform because of Corona or COVID. Uh, The pandemic, uh, because of the pandemic, a lot of events were postponed. So, a lot of active tickets were still on the market. Um, on the new dates, the fans, some fans were able to go, but most fans weren't able to go, so they wanted to sell their tickets. So we saw a lot of traction on the platform. Um, And that's an opportunity for brands because brands want to target specific audiences and we have those audiences on the platform. Yeah. Um, And we are able to target specifically based on interest, based on on multiple dynamics. Um, And that's interesting for brands and that's what we wanted to test out this this year. Yeah. Um, And we had some success cases with Brands such as Heineken, uh, Red
0: Bull,
3: Van so that was that was great.
0: Cool. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Um, I have a question for you. Um, can you make it? Can you still make it as an artist without a real business strategy?
3: Without a business strategy, um, yeah, I think so. Um, you can start uh, from being passionate, mm-hmm. being passionate and sharing your passion on, for instance, social media. So I think we have one panel session also or podcast session also with um, Tim from Bookie. When you have a platform such as TikTok, um, you're really passionate about making music and you're sharing it, you can still make it without a business plan, yeah. but once you make it, once you get that traction, then you need a business plan to build a sustainable model. Yeah, and to keep
0: uh, to keep up with yeah everything that's happening around you, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So if you want to be more professional, you need a business plan. Yeah. If you want to stay like an amateur and just making music and sharing it because you're passionate, I mean that's a, that's a thing as well, right? If that if that's your thing, if you want to keep on doing like that, you can do it like that. But if you want to be a professional, you need a model.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If I can add. Boop, boop. But you know, this doesn't go for just bedroom artists. I think most of the artists doesn't don't have a business strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what people tend to forget, to to be honest, it's not something nice to say for people who are really passionate about music and it comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. But the end, it's a music business. Yeah. So we can all play that it's you know we have all these media technology that can can help you further and can give you some attention and, and grow recognition. But to be honest. How many musicians did TikTok produce in comparison with all the attention seekers we have from TikTok that get that are shining in the limelight? Yeah. And then start making music. Yeah. Whereas they, you know, their only talent was to be funny on a social media platform. Yeah. So in my opinion, I, I totally agree. You know, it, it has to start out from something that comes from sort of passion. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you want to make it worthwhile or you wanna make you, you wanna get that recognition from your friends and family that you're not a Crazy kid and uh, uh, in, in your bedroom making weird music, uh, then you everybody needs a business strategy because it's a music business. And, yeah. And if 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 there's like uh, I just read the other day, it's like 100,000 tracks get uploaded to DSPs every day. You know. What are
0: DSPs? Uh,
2: distribution uh platform. Yeah. So like Spotify. So yeah. if Spotify uploads 100,000 tracks a day, how are you going to get any attention? Yeah. You know, without thinking of. Uh, beforehand
0: yeah how do you get attention
1: i think uh, it's totally true Uh, it's the difference, in my opinion between hobby and job Mm -hmm. for starting for for passion it's okay in, uh, in the bedroom or making music but if this has to become a job it needs a strategy, but for me, the business plan huh, is necessary in everything we do now in our life. If I have to choose a new washing machine, huh? <laughs> I have to study the prices, yeah. how they works, the new model. All... So I don't know why. Maybe a lot of people, when they have to buy a new car, they they study everything, all the prices, all the assets, and when they start to make music, they say, "Oh, okay, I." I... I put on a Spotify track, let's see what's going to happen, and maybe four clicks and, and stop. And say, why did uh, why it didn't work? Because you didn't have a, a, music, a business strategy. This is essential in everything. And the world told it in the 70s, no? that uh, if uh, nobody knows what we do, because we are not doing anything important.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and if I can add to that, I mean, it's about the objective, right? when you have an objective, you, you're going to work towards that objective. If your objective is to have as many likes or as many follows, maybe it's not a business plan, it's to uh, to seek attention, but it's still working towards that objective. Yeah. And if your objecti- objective is to professionalise or be in the music business, you need a business plan.
0: But do you still think that authenticity and a business strategy can go get hand in hand? Can you, can you be a successful artist without losing your authenticity?
2: Yes yeah yeah no but the same goes for uh, for every brand you know mm-hmm. that it's it's uh, the only thing you have to prove not necessarily prove but um, um, every brand has a purpose as well uh, yeah. and it's also it it, it, it it is probably best described within your brand story the journey you take people with you you know yeah. the, the brand journey and if if that's is that's if that's authentic people are very uh, eager to jump on the bandwagon if, mm-hmm. if, if not you know that will probably drop you because it's very it's too commercial. Yeah. And that's what we see worldwide happening, especially in emerging markets, that if you come with a, um, a lot of, you know, if, if, especially EDM became really popular. So a lot of these emerging markets bought license from from bigger events, states and events, and then thought the market will grow. Yeah. But then, like you said, you need some authenticity. Yeah, it needs to come from within the market itself. Yeah. So, uh, for me, it goes. It, it can go hand in hand. And, you know, uh, people think business is a dirty word or marketing is a dirty word. But at the end of the day, it's all about interactions. It's about, yeah. about logical thinking. You know, we
0: have to pay the bills eventually. At yeah. the end of the day, it's, yeah. you know, it's,
2: if, if you compare it to buying a piece of bread at a bakery, yeah. you know, he also wants to make you feel proud of what he made. Yeah, and that's the uh, essence of what what marketing is all about. You know, yeah. and if you can, if, if my bakery can, you know. get me to buy into his story and journey, uh, I'll be his buyer, but also his friend forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, Danielle, um, building an artist is like building a brand. Um, I think artists are like a product that we we have to view an artist as a product except for the fact that an artist is still a human being. Um, (laughs) What do you think are the similarities or, or the differences?
1: No, I think it's the same thing. Because uh, relating to what we were talking about uh, before, it's important to have a strategy, to follow a strategy and not to change ideas every day because maybe a fan base uh, don't like that. Maybe mm-hmm. we, we have to think to the final result, to the, yeah. the goal, to the end where we want to arrive, what we want to be and where we want to go. This yeah. for me makes all the difference in the world. So... Uh, of course, uh, time has changed. Now we have social networks. We have Spotify. We well, have other way for becoming famous in a bit. But it's not uh, important to become famous, but to remain. Yeah, to longevity is important. With contents, of course, this makes always the difference. Because one shot, everybody can uh, can do a one shot uh, in uh, in his life. Yeah. But to have maybe ten tracks, ten gigs on a main stage on a festival, is not so easy. It's only for a few artist i started in the 90s and i see the old school DJs are still there yeah. i'm not sure in 2060 2050 how many DJs of now will still there mm-hmm. to be at the top because uh, armin van buuren just to make the biggest example for me of a big big artist started in the 90s in the 80s and always did the same things in the best way using of course promotion and social media but offering contents offering music offering an experience mm-hmm. And that's what they need, uh, all the new artists, to find the right way or compromise uh, in Italy. Compromise is not a bad word. Maybe mm-hmm. a broad, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the good meaning, of compromise, uh, a middle middle point uh, between uh, contents and uh, strategy of promotion and marketing. But yes, to. to uh, to arrive to the end of the point, uh, uh, to create, to build an artist or an event, is like to create an,
3: and sell a product, Yeah. of course. But, can I add to that? Yes, of course. Um, because I think there's one huge difference, uh, and, and you also mentioned it, like, we, we don't, we shouldn't look at artists as a product, mm. because um, look at Avicii. Yeah,
0: um, exactly. Know,
3: that, that went really, really wrong. Yeah. And I think the big difference between, like, music is emotion. Right, so the engaging part of music is the emotion. So um, uh, following an artist is emotionally driven. Yeah. If you look at a brand, the brands want to tap into the emotion, but it's not yeah. uh, initially it's not emotionally driven. Right, you need a product, you yeah. don't need a DJ. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest difference there. Yeah. I think emotionally driven engagement is one of the uh, the best ways and the most engaging ways. Um, and and. Um, yeah, so so that's the the main difference between a a brand yeah. like a product brand and an artist brand.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I agree with you, and I think it's also really something we have to look out for or look out for. Um, be careful with that we don't like over um saturate an artist with uh, gigs and promotions and stuff like that because i think people the teams around an artist sometimes forget that it's actually a person if we take if as an example but i i know that there that there are a lot more other artists
2: who um i have a a very strong opinion on that i don't i um i think there are not many teams artists teams that are, are rightly equipped for the um, uh, for the how do I say the context of an artist brand nowadays yeah so if 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 you are as an artist and you're solely responsible for that as well if you still pick people to come into your team who think traditionally yeah you get into situations where you get oversaturated because their business model is based on touring and streaming nowadays. Yeah,
0: but it's so funny to me because I think it's 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 a, a smarter move to um, take it easy a little bit more, so the artist can can like do shows over a, a longer period of time. Uh, instead of just like...
2: But it's not just the touring, it's the whole business sense and the business approach you take, and it's very traditional. Oscar and me, we talk, I think, for years now about opportunities within ticketing, uh, within data. There's so many opportunities to expand your business. Mm. But if you choose to focus solely on touring and streaming yeah. uh, and the only in human interactions you have is based on okay a face-to-face or or, or something people digitally you, you know you it's almost like um, and then we talk of really about products mm-hmm. uh, so you, you're just guiding your artists to make sure that people are only uh, uh, pushed a like button yeah uh, push a play button uh, leave their email address so you can do nothing with it uh, <laughs> buy tickets so it's also a very tra- transactional model yeah you know? and i think we hit a right uh, spot if you say, listen, you know, an artist is also a human being. Uh, and there's, there's, to a certain extent, you can exploit that f- from a business sense. Yeah. But on the other hand, the market and the world has evolved so much with media technology. There are numerous ways to make it easy for your artist and still exploit it to the fullest if you're a manager.
0: Should mental health also be part of the business strategy?
2: 100%. Of course. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But it was uh,
1: correct to talk about a vision mental health. And this is the worst example of a management yeah. that considered Avicii just a cash machine. Uh, we all watched the, the documentary. I watched the premiere in, uh, during Amsterdam event many years ago, and Avicii was still alive. I came out of the premiere uh, like after watching A Clock of Orange. I was really shocked mm-hmm. because this was an abuse of yeah. a young boy. Uh, and so, also, the management they don't have to love the artist, it's not family's business. But preserve that, to take care of him, because uh, not abusing of an artist, less gigs, uh, less streaming, less of everything. They can go ahead for 30 years, 20 yeah. years. If they abuse of him, a lot of artists, many gigs, and also this is a bad, bad thing for a market. In Italy, we have this trouble. When a DJ has a knife, all the clubs want him or yes. want her. So I always saw, I don't want to say any names, because money are money, uh, that maybe came in Italy in summer 10 times. And after this, game over. Because, ah, uh, there is this DJ in the club. No, I just saw him. Let's go, no, I just saw him. So for me also, booking agency, I have a big, big responsibility.
2: Okay.
1: Not to sell them. For me, Oscar school rules, uh, big, big artist. you have to come in each country once or twice in a year. Mm-hmm. That's it. Maybe summertime, and yeah. wintertime. So you create, you know, the bus. The, exclusive. The, exclusivity. Yeah, exclusive. If mm-hmm. it's, I remember a female DJ, but it's not yeah. her fault. In September, it came. Four Saturdays in Italy in a row. So why? <laughs> and of course, you take a lot of money, because you can offer everybody once a year. On you get a lot of money at the moment. But in a long way, you lose the business. Yeah. So it's important that the team um, consider that. Don't abuse the artist because they can lose the business, can destroy the person. Yeah. And it's not a good model of business. Maybe the upcoming artist won't follow this agency. We say, no, you don't work in the best way. And mental health is very important. Now yeah. sports are discovering the mental health too. Yeah. Because after COVID, the football <laughs> players play every week. NBA football players play every day. And so I'm very curious to see uh, about sports, what happens after the World Cup. Yeah. For me, we're all the sportsmen. Football players destroy it. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to play so much. It's the same for the DJs. They shouldn't have to play so many times.
3: And I think that, that nowadays there are more opportunities than just being at a club or just performing on stage uh, to, yeah. to, to, to actually drive revenue. Yeah. Um, and i think that maybe in some ways the music industry is still a little bit conservative uh, mm-hmm. and not not hopping on of the all of those opportunities like the the things we discussed with um, with the data strategies and looking at the opportunities there i think there is still a lot to be learned and but you need some pioneers to do it and to build yeah. a successful showcase and then people can learn from it but it's it's probably scary because um, the way that we know how to make money with the music is by playing
2: and by trying to sell yeah. your sell your music. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but the way we go now is almost a dead end, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yep. And I I might say it is very strongly, but you know I see so many. Uh, we do a lot of audits, and we, when we see artists struggling, and they come to us like, hey, can you help us? And it, it always like, hey, we need to convert more of our social following, you know. It, it's you have you don't. Know, it's not your following. It's from Meta. It's from TikTok. They yeah. own your data. So at the end of the day, if you look at your business strategy, and and if we can build all the marketing funnels you would like, but if it converts to a payout at Spotify, yeah, and you invest so much, it's not going to work. Every normal business manager would see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same goes for touring. You know, you can say, yeah, the pandemic happened. It was a coincidence. Yeah, but it should have raised all the alarm bells saying yeah. your business model is not sustainable. And what is the solution? Uh, the solution is to look uh, maybe in a broader perspective and say okay, what is the business strategy? What are the goals? And if you if you're really serious about your business and as you said you want to stay relevant, you might also have to look old school, build yeah. scarcity. That means that you probably your your the buzz goes up, your media value goes up, maybe your fee goes up. Uh, uh, and it means also maybe playing less and expand more into different territories with your products or maybe focus on merch uh, or maybe focus on what uh, uh, um, we, we also discuss It's like there's, there's a club and you can also build uh, different experiences within the club Steve Yoki yeah. has a whole program for fans you can buy of whenever he plays you know that also means he has to play less yeah on the other hand he collects data so that means that he probably can also work with affiliates to probably sell these people other stuff throughout the year yeah so it's 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 it's, it's a, a different approach it's maybe maybe more of a holistic approach but also to preserve your artist which is a human being uh, which also needs to be mentally and physically healthy to to produce the utmost you know i've I've worked with artists that like you said they come they got a hit so they start touring touring so much they don't have time to go back in the studio there's no follow-up hit, and then within a year they're irrelevant and they have to start from scratch whereas if the management would have said hey listen we built that scarcity." we put you in the studios you can build more hits because that's the basics of a business strategy you see so at the end of the day when i said in the beginning i think artists should be really aware of you know what is your team what who are you going to surround you with yeah. and if you don't do it you're 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 probably going to work with people who know how to exploit artists and then you're a product yeah. then you're probably for damage you're interested for interesting for three or four years and then they'll find another martin garricks yeah. they'll find another Afici. And I think that's also something that's not being discussed uh, often enough within our industry, saying, you know, are the people who are running the business right now the right people to run that yeah. business?
0: Yeah. Yeah. um oscar yeah. what are we're gonna move to a little different topic all right um uh, what are the latest trends on promoting artists and music these days because uh, you already told you don't have to go to the plugger at the radio station anymore yeah. um you're in control yourself you're almost like the, the the music label yourself as an artist maybe in the beginning um do you experience or notice any trends on how to publish your own uh music
3: I am not don't have the, the right knowledge and experience on publishing music, but I think uh, there are new opportunities on promoting your music or promoting yourself as a brand. Yeah,
0: sorry, I, I meant promoting.
3: Okay, sorry. Yeah, uh, No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if, if I look at the, the things that we are able to do from the Ticketsoft perspective... Again, we have a lot of uh, data uh, mm-hmm. on, the, on the platform. We have over 9 million users. Um, we monitor the, the behavior of those users, so which tickets you bought, you sold, or which tickets you looked for. We can see what the, the lineup was from these events. We can see that you went to a certain concert, and based on that, and we built an interest profile of, of these fans. I love that about Sonny James and Rara they're trying out different stuff, they're diversifying, this is exactly what you need to do as an artist. Try, try stuff, uh, it's, it's okay to fail, but then you find some new ways in how to express yourself uh, and add that to your business model. Mm-hmm. But for, for, for tic- from TicketSwap perspective, what we were able to do was create a segmentation within our database of Fans that um, had an interaction with Sonny James and Ryan Marciano on the platform and communicate with these fans directly because we mm. have the opportunity to send push notifications, for instance, um, because sending emails is, is really old school mm-hmm. um, and we have a mobile application so it can we can still be reach,
0: effective though.
3: <laughs> we can reach an audience directly in their back pockets, right? Yeah. So that's really really effective.
0: And, and, and does TicketSwap offer like a, um, a digital uh, activation? Or is it just a, a pop-up, uh, or uh, yeah, uh, a push notification with like a flyer? Or is it like, can okay, you do like a game? I know you guys also like make games. Yeah, okay. yeah, we
3: do. We do a lot of different stuff, and I think that we don't have a one-size-fits-all model. No. Uh, and I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all model. I think again, we're trying to look at the objective of mm-hmm. uh, of a brand or for a certain campaign, and then. Uh, see what elements that we are able to offer, what kind of tools within our portfolio yeah. um, will help to to get there effectively and efficiently. Um, so for for Scenery James at James Aramuchiano, um, we were able to do like an exclusive pre-sale for uh, for their show. And I think like this in, in this example, it's it's unique because they have their own show. Uh, and for, for a certain artists, they're, they're, they're not uh, in a position that they have like this huge show in the Ziggo but these guys have. So yeah. we're able to do like a pre-sale for that event um, and we're, we're able to target specific audience and then we, we used incentives. So for instance, um, you had to pre-register mm-hmm. for, the, for the pre-sale Um, And we said, if you pre-register and you buy your tickets in the pre-sale, you're able to win merchandise, like exclusive merchandise, meet and greets, like all of these value propositions or values for SFN, um, which actually generated a lot of uh, of traction and a lot of pre-registers. And through these pre-registrations, we were able to um, identified the fans like the real diehard and ambassador yeah. fans who, who buy their tickets like in the pre-sale and are really dedicated to towards uh, Serene James and Ramosiana. and that's value for them as well to identify yeah. this.
2: It was the best campaign we ever ran.
0: Good to know yeah. 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 Unfortunately
2: <laughs> the, the, the event got cancelled because last year we had <laughs> COVID, we had COVID. Oh, yeah. so you know the Dutch government was quite um, uh, harsh in those things but like um, uh, Oscar said, it, it, we were able to because when you funnel when you build marketing funnels, you, you have to bring them like from scratch, to build them from social media following and um, th- that's, that's, that takes a really long time. So to have a, to work with a data set where you are able to yeah, engage with people who are uh, already expressed interest in your art is yeah. very valuable. And to have such a partner, you know, um, you don't get it from Spotify. You don't get it from Meta. You don't get it from from TikTok. You know, no. these 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 kind of partners are able to help you move forward. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Plus, we're really in the center of of the audience, right? Because we yeah. we centralize the demand supply of tickets, and and the tickets are related to music. So we're really in the in the center. And we get approached by a lot of labels these days as well um, for the promotion of of music. Um, like pre-save an album, and when we have the right—if that's the objective—to have as many pre-saves of an album on Spotify, because was, this will help to uh, to make the album perform well when it's launched. Um, when we have the right incentive, and we put that on the platform and do the right targeting on the platform, and able to approach like the, the right audience, it will take off yeah. instantly. It's insane. Yeah.
0: Did you did you know uh, all this, Daniela?
3: Uh, I think
1: uh, everything is. Perfect. Well, mm-hmm. describe mm-hmm. those things. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. No, seriously, I think it's important to be interactive with the fan base using all the new media because, of course, socials are not enough. Just uh, the yeah. door that opens maybe all the market. Yeah. But uh, contents and being interactive with fans to create something that fans can become part of the game and to stay close to the idols can make all the difference in yeah. the world and to have a. a a frozen promotion mm-hmm. that doesn't give any kind of emotions to the fans.
0: yeah, do, do, do you think it's important for artists to p- promote themselves on social media and being like also being very human um, fans recognizing certain situations or feelings that they have?
1: Yes, I think artists have to be realistic to yeah. show how they really are. Yeah if there are artists that uh, is vegan or is not vegan mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. have to f- or is against uh, plastic or pro-plastic mm-hmm. uh, just to give uh, stupid examples mm-hmm. they have to be sincere. they have to be realistic not to uh, stay close to a campaign so or a strategy re- yeah. because now it's a trend because mm-hmm. uh, in this world trends change so fast that maybe you can arrive late to tell something that's just the past so they have mm. to be Real, they have to be human and to give uh, the impression of what they really are. And fans yeah. feel that Yeah. if their artists are sincerous or not.
0: Yeah, it's. I think it's. Um, people love it when someone is also like mis- a mystical, mythical figure. Um, but on the other hand, it's like it can also be one of your neighbors. It can yeah. some. It can be someone who is relatable. So um, if you have like a DJ who is really exclusive. Uh, in one way because it's only uh, in your country for two times a year. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the exclusivity of uh, you feel a very special being at the experience. And on the other hand, you can see the the artist on social media just eating a a plate of pasta or <laughs> ah, getting yeah. out of the shower. I, I was being on no, topic no, for yeah, the no, Italian no, no. people. I'm a proud of pasta, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I sure should. Um, yeah,
0: so I think that's that's and the I the think
1: the fans uh, feel yeah. if artists are sincere or not just with selfies, you know. Yeah. When DJ stops for pictures, but he doesn't want to do that, but he knows he has to do that. Yeah. The, the face is totally different. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I met Seth Troxler um, uh, in the street. Is a very, very... Human, so nice. He stopped with all the guys. Oh, yes, I remember you. You came to, pl- to look at me. And the fan's shocked, set, uh, stops. He goes to the fan to say, uh, uh, How are you? And, uh, I can confirm you. I told to these guys. Yeah. It's true. Because every time he looks at me, I had two interviews with him. Mm-hmm. But the first time I thought it was a misunderstanding. He came to me, My brother, how are you? I remember you. Me? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that makes the difference. If yeah. a, f- a DJ stops makes selfies mm. and goes away, fans don't like it. Mm. There is passion, like David Guetta. David Guetta is so human, still yeah. now. He's a very nice person. Armin van Buren, Armin yeah. also. This makes the difference. So uh, to show uh, on socials, uh, it's important. But uh, all of us have to show what we really are. Yeah. Not to be like an actor or to say something uh, untrue just because now it's uh, up on trends or not. Yeah. Realistic, sincerous, and this makes all the difference in everything we do every day.
0: Is it, it, at the end of the day, it's all about balance, right?
1: In everything, our life, everything. Compromise or balance, the the word you prefer. Pros, cons, (laughs) yin yang. We're
0: getting really philosophical here. Um, Can I ask you another question about... um, uh, 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 being an artist how valuable is it to be like a resident or a headliner right now is it, is it like the most important thing for an artist to be successful or for
1: me in, in Italy in my opinion the resident DJs is unfortunately something that belongs to the past mm-hmm. in the 90s in the 90s uh, people used to go to dance for a clubbing atmosphere because we were the same DJs and you know what uh, you're waiting for, and you can give from other dishes. Now, the the market business is so big that in, in Italy, I'm talking about Italy, if you wanna have uh, 3,000 people, you need a guest. Without a guest, it's impossible to have an event. You can have a club for 300, 400, 500 People, yeah. but the business doesn't sustain that. It's impossible because now everything is really expensive. Uh, to, uh, to open a club in Italy, say just opening the door, you have to spend maybe 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 euros just for opening it.
0: Is it for um, And
1: only a top DJ mm-hmm. can guarantee you 2,000 people. And uh, it's hard because the week yeah. after, without the guest, of course, there is a crash. Of the attendance, because people always—it's a game without an end. Very, very dangerous. A lot of clubs after pandemic in Italy couldn't open. No. And uh, so I would like the residents could come back, and uh, be part essential of the game. But now mm, it's impossible. With. Only with the
3: resident DJs, the business uh, doesn't work. But there are differences per country. So mm-hmm. if you look at, for instance, Ibiza, mm-hmm. um, residencies are very valuable for certain artists because if yeah. you can say that you were a resident in a certain club, it yeah. helps you to build your brand. So I think there, there are differences, but in, in Italy I can understand that it's like, like this. And also like the residency game changed a bit um, because now you have like a big artist brand and then uh, the artist invites or uh, the artist and friends. Yeah. And so the artist becomes the concept and yeah. invites other DJs. So the residency game changed a bit. Um, but again, yeah, it, it really did, uh, depends on the country uh, where it would work and won't work.
0: Yeah, the artist can also be like a curator for the night. Yeah, Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah um, you see that a lot here at Amsterdam. Yeah,
2: yeah but also music... Uh, has has changed the music availability so I'm a bit older so when, when you had Dresden DJs they also had music because it was printed on vinyl and distribution was not that yeah. uh, uh, wide and uh, so they had music nobody else had so you went to a club also to hear music so yeah. probably not a DJ didn't have yeah. uh, now music is everywhere and everybody can play the same music so there's no not a really distinction between a club or a DJ so what I see for instance in techno happening is that some of these DJs are not publishing music but keeps them in their own sets, which mm. makes them very, very scarce and very uh, this, this buzz around surrounding these these artists because if you want to hear that music, it's not available on SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever. You need to go to the club. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm ho- I'm really rooting to, to, to get back residencies because you know I think the industry necessarily needs a sort of like reset, but it would help if you just start from the from the ground up again in smaller venues and. Um, and build, you know, a, a better foundation than it is now. Mm-hmm. And, and
3: just to add on that final part, that's why I love, like, Rush Hour. Yep. Yeah. They do a lot of great digging and yeah. you hear music that you wouldn't, like, find on Spotify yourself. That, yeah. That's what makes it exactly. so awesome because it's so exclusive, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love that.
0: Cool, yeah that's that you go to a party and you hear a record you really love and you're just at home you don't you don't have the the artist or the title so you're really craving yeah okay um we're we're going towards the end of the of the episode i want to uh, ask two more questions um Remco, um, you still have like banners uh, and posters outside. Yeah. Um, is it as effective as digital alternatives? And why are people still just printing and, and putting out posters and abris? Oh, because yeah. you, it's...
2: What a, what a great question, because I've, I had this... They had this chat with the, one of the bigger record labels, too. Um, I, I'm a marketeer. I'm also, work, I, I'm, you know, I have a fast experience in advertising. Uh, and what the what the big brands always taught me is that you need some you need media attention on all different levels. Yeah. Uh, you not want to influence people in, 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 in di- different ways. People get like twenty, thirty thousand commercial messages a day. Yeah. Uh, uh, Digital did really help to engage and target consumers more directly and make it more efficient. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it also is about quality. And people, if they see, uh, and that's what I love, for instance, about the Rainier Sonneveld campaign. Yeah. You see it everywhere. Yeah. So, but also the general, uh, generic public, also general public, also thinks like, hey, this guy is everywhere. There must be something. So you, you, you know, yeah. if, if you talk specifically to your target audience, you're you you're just communicating within the bubble. Yeah. Uh, and within advertising, you always learn to to engage new uh, yeah. uh, target yeah. audiences.
0: Yeah, that's a good takeaway that you that you what you just said about the bubble. Yeah. Um, because it's not all about data. Uh, it's about visibility as well.
2: Exactly. And, you know, uh, to be honest, you know, if you look at all the advertising campaigns that the past 10, 12 years, they've been dominated by... Uh, uh, uh digital and yeah. that that's often like uh, uh, a very sort of hit of run creativity yeah uh but we all remember those commercials and advertising campaigns that really stuck with you like Levi's 501 or the nike just do it campaigns yeah. you know it because it's it, it's also telling a story in different layers that also resonates with you as a, yeah. as a human uh, so i'm i'm very uh uh I say I'm very pro Above the line media, Uh, and I would say, if you you know, people need to spend more money on marketing and branding. It's not just to be sort of like uh, it all, not have to be efficient, but you also, yeah, you 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 build sort of legacy as well. So you need to be out there on the streets, on while postering, You need to be in the uh, bus stops. Uh, You need to be in TV as well. Uh, Not everything you can uh, attention and you can vie for that. Not everything you can get through. Earned and owned media. You know, it's not just PR and your own media channels. It's also a lot of paid, and um, you know. And if you if you're investing in paid, you know, digital, you can only do so much in digital. In the end of the day, if you look at the CPCs, at one point they go up again. You know, and at the end of the day, but we can go on and on because then Oscar and Mika will go teaming up, and he will say, hey, you know, let's dig into the data and see how we can make it more efficient but to be honest it's it's also very rewarding and maybe be sort of i say it, um, um, uh, ego uh, mm-hmm. uh, for 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 an artist to see themselves on a huge billboard mm-hmm. yeah, and it's yeah. it's again it's about the objective right but um, just to give an example
3: i had a meeting with uh, nick adler who's the uh, business director of um uh, business manager from Snoop Dogg, you? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was driving from Schiphol to uh, to the city center. And He was like, "Who is this Charlotte de Wit? She's mm-hmm. everywhere." Yeah. <laughs> like this is how you yeah. how you create the awareness. But then yeah. again, you have to you have to understand that okay, this is how you build the awareness in in like during ADE. But then you have to follow up.
0: Yeah, so because you have to your... convert like the the, yeah. the offline mm-hmm. awareness. To the digital awareness.
3: Yeah, so it's about the it's it's about the balance, the combination, but again based on the objective, but if it's about building awareness, you could do it with a with poster campaign. Yeah. But if you want to sell music,
2: you need to follow up. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't want to be on Times Square on those billboards? Yeah, Yeah, We exactly. put Sonny and Ryan there two years ago. I don't ago. want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we put Sonny and Ryan in the pandemic in the middle of... We, we got opportunity to put them on Times Square on those billboards. And right. then we thought, oh, we need to convert as well. Let's put a QR code. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It didn't do anything, of right. course, because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, people going like, hey, there's Sonny and Ryan. Let's, let's scan what they want. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has a different yeah. purpose. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a cross-media kind of campaign and you need to align all the, the means you have to yeah. build that great brand story. But on the other hand, I'm very much for like... You know the the outdoor, out of home campaigns, uh, above the line campaigns. Yeah. Okay. I mean,
3: a QR code can work. Look at cu- uh, Coinbase during yeah. the Super Bowl, which was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it 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 um, it, it needs it, some good thinking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I
0: agree. I agree. Um, Daniele, I have one more question, and then we have to wrap it up because I think we're almost over time. Uh, Good conversation though, guys. Um, How important is the metaverse for engaging with fan communities? And uh, is it something that... I hear someone laughing in the (laughs) audience. Um, Is it something um, artists will shift from, from like uh, offline performances to performances in the metaverse?
1: I think this is the new era, the future, the metaverse. Nobody knows if it will work or not, because we do all remember uh, Second Life mm-hmm. was uh, a flop. Mm-hmm. Maybe Metaverse will be new. Uh, <clears throat> today Jean-Michel Jarre, one of the pioneers of the electronic music, is out of his album. And this was uh, created and built just related to the Metaverse. It's it will possible uh, to assist to a concert. And uh, I went to the presentation a few days ago in Italy, and uh, it told that uh, for him it's just the present,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not the future. but we will have to discover if it will work for every artist, because jar is jar, you mm-hmm. no? maybe can go nude in the street and say, I have a new album, and everybody, wow. If anybody else do this, the police arrive and arrest him, because it's not possible to create the same thing that works for everybody. But I think maybe very, very young generation with the same approach of the, vid- of the video games uh, can appreciate Metaverse. Mm-hmm. But if it works of, or not, this kind of interactive, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I think uh, it will work, and it can be a new, a new zone We're to have a, a promotion. But I agree that uh, billboards uh, exposure Ibiza. When I arrive in Ibiza, I see in the airports uh, the advertising of Clapton of Tomorrow, just waiting for my suitcase, yeah. just my outfit So, wow, mm-hmm. this is my best place because you know. Yeah. So it's important in everything to find the right mix between all the new media, all the new strategy, all the new school, and
0: balance again. All.
1: Yes, all of course. Yeah.
0: Oh, and where do do you think we uh, will be in like five to ten years in promoting music? Do you have any idea on that?
1: Good question. Uh, I, I don't know. I think um, really metaverse uh, and uh, new dimensions uh, where to live and uh, being interactive, uh, uh, maybe to have an, uh, an image, uh, mm. like in a virtual game, when we are close to uh, the DJs, to the artists, to the sportsmen, uh, and to have uh, like a meet and greet on another dimension can be a new, a new strategy.
0: Mm.
3: M- like
1: maybe.
0: virtual reality?
3: Or- Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. uh, Question mark, big question mark about this. (laughs) I I think (laughs) metaphors is becoming like a dirty word because it's like a collection of different technologies, is the metaphors. Um, But if you look at promotion in uh, music promotion in gaming, look at FIFA, for instance, like the playlist of music within FIFA that was already promoting music. Yes, for years. Because when I played FIFA, I wasn't a big gamer, but when I played FIFA, I could dream the music because there was like a short playlist in those early, early games. And then you had like uh, GTA, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like all of that crazy, crazy music yeah. stations yeah. Yeah. and with inside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then it it evolved. Like you had uh, virtual DJ sets in GTA with um, um, I don't know, like uh, uh, Solomon was playing in yeah. in the. Club. Also. Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Loz, yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, so that's that's a different different world, but it was already like a couple of years ago because yeah. I think FIFA was launched in the nineties somewhere, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It was already there. So we, yeah. we already built upwards from that point onwards yeah. to to where we're at now. And I think now we're trying now we're understanding better what the opportunity is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some, so yeah.
3: Rockstar made a joint venture with Circo
0: Loco.
1: Yeah. For exactly. also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um cross mediality can yeah. be the right that's uh, an opportunity. Yeah of course I'm just
2: afraid that you know it becomes a sort of fashionable word for managers or or, or, or or teams of artists are like hey you know we found another holy grail let's put all you know when, when there's no not, not even the the real uh, pioneers know what's going to happen mm-hmm. but I'm just you know I, I, I love the word made at first and I'm, I'm absolutely sure it's going to be something um, but, you know, my advice would be it's like, you know, work on the business strategy first. You know, yeah. have a really open mindset of what is possible and what are the little steps we need to take to make sure we're going in the right direction. Because first of all, I think 99% of the market needs to change his business philosophy first yeah. in order to benefit from things like the metaverse or virtual reality or augmented reality or whatever technology might come up in the next three years. Well,
0: one. One last question for you. What do you think about non-existing digital artists?
2: Oh, I like it. Yeah? Yeah, well, well it's it's part of their future and, and the avatars uh, that, that you know, But I, I know even, like, I think Elite Models also uh, employs one of those virtual models. Yeah. I think it's great, you know, it's part of um, uh, Imagineering, it's part of the Disney strategy of creating icons with, who are probably virtual. I think it's something mm-hmm. the Japanese have mastered for years. Uh, but then again, it's a choice, you know, Uh, it's the same as how K-pop conquers the world. It's a sort of mechanics, it's a strategy. I'm all fine with it. But, you know, uh, my personal take is I love real music.
0: Yeah. And it it might oversaturate the music market, maybe?
2: But it, it, I mean, it depends
3: on the adoption of the market or the acceptance by the market. Because to be honest, if you look at car commercials these days, that's not an actual car. Mm
2: -hmm it's
3: computer generated yeah. car because they put the same car in different environments for different countries
2: yeah i can even go further i just read a story about bruce willis who sent his deep fake rides ip rights to a company because he doesn't want to act anymore wow <laughs> yeah so it's it's going to be you know it's going to be comp- That's why I said it's going to be a wild, wild world out there. Yeah. Until you know how to deal with it, I think you need to be really, really focused on what you actually want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And again, uh,
3: maybe I sound like a broken record, but it's about the objective because you hear a lot of people saying, okay, I want to do NFTs, but what do you want to do with an NFT? Like an NFT is a piece of technology that can help you with a lot of things, but you need to know why you want to use it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. We have Thank to you. wrap it up. Thank you so much. And have a great, Eddie.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: No um, are there the any doors? questions
0: left in the audience? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you're,
0: yeah, you and Oscar are, are question uh, guys.
2: I guess um, it seems like the only viable business strategy is to just go for volume. Maybe that's in my mind. Um, but do you think like maybe similar to podcasting that artists can kind of build a sustainable, I don't know, like income just by building a small niche audience that they can like have a really strong connection with and just, I don't know, similar to I think channels like Patreon just engage with them and not have to go for volume in order to make it? Yeah, for, for I think volume is, um, um, Again, it, it depends on, on the objectives and the strategy you have. But if you don't have a strategy, you don't have a objective, a lot of these, these, these traditional uh, strategies are focusing on volume and, and, and mass marketing. That means you're speaking out to the whole world, which is like an unmanageable task. I think if you kill your niche, I mean, I kill, I kill in a positive way, it's like if you kill it and you own it, uh, that is something that's much more viable and uh, on a business level than it is to just go out and beat the world. Um, and I think that's what tends to get overlooked, uh, especially in, in our market. Is like as soon as you're on Spotify, you're available for everyone. But If you keep it like to yourself, and 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 I know that's especially music rights, you know, a lot of these managers are focusing on keeping the control on yourself and having all the IP rights and neighboring rights to yourself, so you're able to do and distribute it the way you want it to be. I think that goes for the whole business. I think it was like own your niche. Uh, It's better to... That's what we teach our younger uh, uh, um, uh, artists as well. It's like, you know, it, it starts all with friends and family, to be honest. Uh, and if it's, if it's like 50 people, that's fine, you know. Don't sweat about the numbers, you know. Uh, don't do it for that, that like button or that pre-save button. You know, it's build your audience from the ground up. And eventually we'll grow in something that, that's probably sustainable as a business. And if you don't then say to yourself, I want to go a step higher, I want to go bigger, then it's another, another objective. And then you can maybe scale up. But doesn't need to be, Well, You you were saying that there's a lot of artists that have been around for thirty years that had their ups ups and downs, but they never went sky high and then fall down all down below. They just they had a sort of basis where they could always f- fall back on. And that's mostly because they you know they uh, how do you say they, they, they stayed relevant amongst the, their own niche.
3: Yeah. And and also to add to that, I mean um, it's about the engagement with, with the community. I've seen Twitch streamers, for instance, with like 10,000 of, uh, of, of, of followers make more money than, than people on YouTube with 110,000 of, of, uh, of followers. So it's about the engagement because Twitch is a different platform. I mean, they're both streaming platform. They're both video platforms, right? Um, But the one has a more engaged audience and is able to make more money out of that instead of the YouTube where you just throw out uh, videos. And it has a different objective because YouTube can also make you more uh, uh, visible. Um, But, I mean, again, so it doesn't have to be like a big audience. You can create a business model about a smaller audience uh, and work with that and work your way up if that's the objective.
2: Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you, everybody.